Tigers with a strong start and a decent comeback in Allen Fieldhouse, but it just wasn't enough to take down the second-ranked Jayhawks. Tigers have shown some steady improvement here since the Jackson State loss, but is it enough for an NCAA tournament berth? Let's talk about all the ramifications from another loss to Kansas coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. And one could say that Missouri went into a drought during the middle of yesterday's game, but I don't think, I think it was a little bit more complicated than that. To me, Missouri got off to a great start. In yesterday's game in Allen Fieldhouse yesterday, because they were getting great shots, quite simply. They weren't necessarily knocking down all of them. It wasn't even necessarily a hot shooting start, but I liked all of the looks that Missouri was getting in that ball game. But into the first half, a 14 to nothing run by Kansas, where basically Mizzou did everything wrong. Couple airballed threes, were fouling three point shooters, you know, just nothing went right. Turnovers, the whole deal. And certainly, I think Kansas paid more attention to Sean East as the game wore on. East got off to an excellent start in the basketball game. And obviously, he's been a tremendous player offensively for Missouri all season. But I think. As the game wore along a little bit, you kind of saw the problems that I was alluding to this past week, which is when Sean East is your number one option offensively, again, this isn't anything against East, who once again has been very, very good this season, much better than I would have expected, certainly as a shooter. My goodness, he's shooting the lights out, especially on those step-back three-pointers this season. But when your best player is a guy who is six foot three or so and is not an above the rim player that does limit your ability to get easy shots at times and I think as you saw as the game went along Kansas eventually just ended up getting better shots than Missouri quite honestly but also a couple of issues that that have plagued Missouri really throughout this young season so far to me, reared their ugly head once again. Obviously, in terms of rebounding, the Jayhawks ended up winning the rebounding battle. I saw either by 16 or 17, depending on which box score you looked at, but Kansas also shot 10 more free throws in the ball game was as well, which ended up obviously hindering Missouri quite a bit. But that's obviously been a trend for the Tigers all season. It's something I've talked about a lot, how Missouri needs to find ways to get to the free throw line more often. And I've suggested, hey, maybe just more aggressive drives by Sean East, for instance, into the lane with reckless abandon, though, quite honestly, I thought the the referees did a better job than what I've seen so far this season on swallowing their whistles a little more, allowing some reasonable contact, 
I would say, on the perimeter. And I thought Missouri's perimeter defense was pretty good for the most part. Certainly Dennis Gates said so after the game, but clearly we got to do a better job of securing that defensive rebound. Although when you got Hunter Dickinson out there, one of the best centers in the country, you know, obviously he's going to do what he does on the glass. But again, the one thing I did really enjoy is that all of the all of the fans I saw, Missouri fans who were arrogantly negative about this game coming in online, who said, oh, there's no way the Tigers can possibly cover the 13 and a half. Well, I hope they lost some money yesterday over at FanDuel Sportsbook. That's all I can say about them. If anything, for Missouri offensively, I think there are three guys in particular that I would like to see be at least a little bit more aggressive offensively moving forward. Number one, Noah Carter played 25 minutes last night and only took eight shots. To me, that that's not quite enough for him, considering he's three of six from two-point range. Again, Carter, when he has another big guy next to him, in particular Connor Vanover or even Aiden Shaw or Jordan Butler, well, that guy is obviously going to draw the Hunter Dickinson, the bigger big man, the true center matchup defensively. And to me, that's when Carter can go to work and abuse guys defensively down in the block. As I've said before, for the most part, guys don't really have true power forwards anymore. Teams, I should say, in college basketball, the true big power forward who is like a second big guy for all intents and purposes, let's become less and less in vogue. And if and if centers these days are, are forgetting the back-to-the-basket game offensively and defensively, well, your power forwards for all intents and purposes, that's becoming more and more of a lost art. And I continue to think that Noah Carter should be a little bit more aggressive in terms of taking advantage of those mismatches. Although, obviously, yesterday his three-point shot seems like he put up that air ball yesterday at the end of the first half and just didn't really look for that shot for the rest of the game. I'd also like to see Tamar Bates be more aggressive offensively at this point. I will say, though, I'm a little bit concerned with his game that maybe there is a little bit not enough of an in-between element to his game it seems like his three-point shot is his basic jump shot is fine it seems like Bates needs to find more ways to actually score on the basketball court he just seems lanky enough and athletic enough to me that if he's just a little bit more aggressive he can make some stuff happen and I would also say the same thing about Aiden Shaw, who yesterday took four shots in 22 minutes yesterday. But when you saw him catch the ball on the perimeter, there was a couple times where Kansas was 15 feet off of him and just dared him to shoot from downtown. And Shaw didn't even look at the basket, which is really surprising to me because last season at least Shaw – didn't shoot well from the outside, no question, but he at least showed a willingness to put put the shot up there. And based on what little I saw from him in high school, he certainly had the ability to knock down a jump shot then. I'm a little bit confused as to why he's refusing to take that shot now. Now, while the beginning of this game, seeing the Allen Fieldhouse crowd Getting, getting excited, jumping up and down and all that crap, all their different chants and stuff. Oh, man, it just, it just brings me back to all the horrible, horrible memories that Missouri has had in that place, unfortunately. Some good times, too, don't get me wrong, but still not a victory 
in Kansas since 1999. But I will say this this Missouri team has steadily improved since the Jackson State loss. And for the most part, yesterday, helped that Missouri got off to a good start. I was pretty calm during that basketball game. But there are others who are upset that Missouri lost yesterday. And I got to say, I love the fact that they're mad about it. I really do. But I want to get to that here in a little bit. But I will say, suddenly the Seton Hall game here a week from today, Sunday, as I record the podcast here, that's in Kansas City in the T-Mobile Center. That becomes a really critical game because with Illinois coming next, the Bragging Rights game, that's that that excuse me that 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 fighting Illini club is about as good statistically as the Jayhawks so far. So you really don't want to be staring a three-game losing streak in the face before you close out non-conference play against Central Arkansas on December 27th. So again, Seton Hall going to want to get that one. I don't know that Bragging Rights Missouri probably going to be a double-digit underdog in that ball game as well. So like a color man, a friend for Schilla on ESPN during the basketball game last night, I was more or less taking a big picture view of the season and felt kind of surprisingly calm during that KU basketball game last night. Calmer than certainly the version of myself from my 20s and before that, no question about that. But at the same time, you know what? There are other people out there, including Sam Snelling of Rock M Nation, who's normally a very you know level-headed type of fan. Well, he was not happy that Missouri lost to Kansas. And you know what? This isn't going to be a criticism whatsoever. I actually love that Sam was a little bit angry that Missouri lost that game. So I want to I explain why everybody's mileage might vary coming up here in just a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about game time, because if you're like me and you've put off getting Cotton Bowl tickets to the last minute, well, I got good news for you. Game time is here to save your butt, because you can always get last-minute ticket deals over at game time. Frankly, they are the go-to app for last-minute tickets in general. By the way, not just football, but concerts, baseball, hockey, professional wrestling, the whole deal. And guess what? I've got a way to save money for you, too, over at game time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets, especially at the last minute with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You know, maybe it was the fast start by the Tigers yesterday in Lawrence and probably a lot to do with the previous two seasons where Missouri 
was embarrassed in Columbia and Lawrence, but I was, again, I was surprisingly calm. I surprised myself with how, how little angst I had throughout this basketball game yesterday. I will, I have to say some of that, again, it has to do with the officiating because a lot of times in Lawrence, Kansas, it just feels like you're playing against a sixth man there in the officials. Forget the, the crazy crowd that's there as well, but hey, I'll even, I'll even shout out the officials yesterday. Doug Sermons, Pat Adams, and Jeb Hartness. Heck, I would take those, that crew the rest of the season in every Missouri basketball game. I really would. So if you, if you expected me to come here and cry about the officiating, it's actually quite the opposite. I was really happy with how that basketball game was officiated yesterday for the most part. But regardless, unfortunately, while the officiating had a, a surprisingly and refreshingly good and positive feel to it yesterday in, in Allen Fieldhouse, unfortunately, the end result was much the same as we've seen now for decades. Of course, well, this rivalry took about a decade off, but regardless, Missouri has not won in Kansas in basketball since 1999. And from Sam Snelling's perspective over at Rock M Nation, the usually analytical and level-headed Sam was was not thrilled. And you know what? I got to say, I love it from Sam. I really do. I enjoy his study hall columns over there. I enjoy his work. But again, the usual the usual analytic attitude there was somewhat thrown out the window with Kansas. You know what, Sam? Good for you. I'm glad you were a little bit perturbed about the whole thing because that's that's how a Missouri fan should feel. And maybe maybe I'm getting a little bit too analytical here these days because honestly, when you look at it, this is the last chance that's guaranteed Missouri will have to play in Lawrence. Now, I'd like to think, yes, the the one more game in Columbia next year, two more in KC are still on the docket here. After that, still up in the air. I'd like to think Missouri and Kansas both see the the mutual benefit here of this rivalry, right? Come on. This is a fun game, and if you're Kansas, it's probably really fun right now to keep beating Missouri. From your perspective, you're probably going, yeah, keep bringing it on. Well, I'm just telling you from a Missouri fan's perspective – I guess I'm Charlie Brown with the football. I want to keep coming back for more because, well, I do know Bill Self's going to go away eventually, number one. But even if he were to live forever, I would spend the rest of my life trying to beat Bill Self. So as far as that goes, I love that Sam Snelling was going, damn it, Missouri was this close in a lot of ways and had an actual chance to beat Kansas and Lawrence. And again, make no mistake about it. Maybe you're more of a Mizzou football fan than a Mizzou basketball fan. I'm just as psychotic about both. That's just me. So to me, it's very obvious that this game, you you win a game in Allen Fieldhouse. That, that basically would have made Missouri's entire season, just so you know. Whereas winning the Cotton Bowl, again, going back to the hypothetical question there, would you rather have the Cotton Bowl or a win in Lawrence? The thing is... Missouri's season in football, in my opinion, has already been made, okay? Don't get me wrong, it'd be a hell of a cherry on top of the Sunday to beat the Ohio State University in the opinion of the central scrutinizer of Missouri football. But to me, the Missouri football season, once again, has already been made. It's already been a massive success. You know, I think 
this season for Missouri basketball, I think it's probably NCAA tournament or bust, but if you beat Kansas, boy, that's a hell of a hell of a feather in your cap. No, Make no question about that. But to Sam Snelling's point that the Tigers really had a chance to win here, you do notice that Missouri, of course, early in the season in particular, plays a ton of guys under Dennis Gates. Well, once again, they played quite a few guys yesterday, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 guys actually saw the floor yesterday, though three of those guys played fewer than five minutes. So I don't want to go crazy here with the rotation, but at the same time, you see that Trent Pierce, for instance, played 11 minutes for Missouri, did not score. What is he really giving Missouri right now, unfortunately? Pierce with a lot of hype coming into the season. Maybe not the time to experiment with a true freshman right now that you want to get going. Now, in my opinion, again, that Central Arkansas game, December 27th in Mizzou Arena, I think that's the time where you play Trent Pierce. You get him out there. Maybe you start him. Tell him he's playing 25 or 30 minutes. That's the time when Pierce should, I don't know, kind of you figure out whether he's going to be a part of the rotation in the SEC or not. Give him some real steady minutes and say, hey, let's see a sign here or else he's probably going to have to be put on mothballs, in my opinion, until next season because he just hasn't shown what we expected out of him so far this season. And again, you look at Bill Self and Kansas's rotation yesterday. They played four guys, their big four players, Dickinson, K.J. Adams, Kevin McCuller, and Dewan Harris. All of them played 35 minutes or more. Harris actually played 40 minutes, never came out the entire basketball game. Well, Sean East was right there with Harris at 39 minutes. Nick Honor played 35, but nobody else for Missouri played more than 25. And while actually it was probably a little bit tighter of a rotation for the Tigers than usual, I just think that on the margins there in a game where a few plays here and there could have made it a close basketball game, a game that came right down to the wire, I think putting... Jesus Carolero in for three minutes, putting in Mabor Majak in for a couple minutes on a possession where Hunter Dickinson immediately got two points against Majak. I just think that putting those guys in for what seemed like rather random minutes, throwing Jordan Butler in there for three minutes in the second half when it looked like he wasn't expecting to play by his body language, he ripped that warm-up shirt off awfully fast in pure excitement. But I just, you know, I think Dennis Gates needs to shorten up that rotation a little bit as we get into SEC play here. And frankly, he should have a little bit more yesterday. And if anything, if Caleb Grill would have played, by the way, I would have given all of the rest of the minutes, everybody from Pierce, Kurt Lewis, Anthony, Rob not Anthony Robinson, but Carolero Martin, Butler, Majak, all of those minutes basically should have gone to Caleb Grill, who is apparently out about six weeks or so with a wrist injury. And I think Grill's absence was really felt yesterday. It felt like he was finally coming into his own for the Tigers. Not only did Missouri miss his three-point shooting yesterday, but his rebounding as well and his aggression in a game where obviously the Tigers losing the rebounding battle badly was a huge factor. And unfortunately, Grill, such an aggressive 
and hustle type player, it seems like those type of injuries are almost inevitable for him. And coming up, Mizzou running back Cody Schrader just misses out on the Doak Walker award, but is still honored with just something that I, I would not have absolutely believed, much less a couple seasons ago when Cody Schrader got here. But even at the beginning of the season, absolutely unbelievable honor for Cody Schrader. So let's talk just a little bit of football to close it out. But first, I want to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. And when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. Well, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And I can just tell you from experience, when you find that right candidate, well, that's going to be the greatest moment of your professional life because they're going to make your life easier, not harder. That's the whole point, right? Well, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. LinkedIn Jobs knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. So all you got to do is post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So I'll never forget the first time I saw Cody Schrader carry the football in person in the Mizzou spring game of 2022, and it was really against the in the second half against a bunch of Missouri backups, so I was kind of, you know, trying to calm myself down a little bit, but it was hard not for Cody Schrader to be the big takeaway of that ball game going, hey, who's this Schrader kid? He is really running hard. I will promise you that at the very much. Well, if some traveler from the future would have tapped me on the shoulder at that moment and said, hey, in about 20 months, this guy is going to be top 10 in the Heisman Trophy voting, I'd be going, wait, what? That's the greatest thing I've ever heard because not only does that mean this guy's really good, but Missouri is going to be really good in a couple years as well. So ultimately, I think that's the takeaway here. While obviously, for an individual and just an individual story, doesn't get much better than Cody Schrader, a guy who's a walk-on, a guy who believed in himself, who was an incredibly productive player at Truman State. For him to walk away from that, try his hand at his dream, essentially, of playing at Missouri, playing in the SEC, playing at the highest level of college football, and proving himself. And that's exactly what Cody Schrader did to say the least. For him to finish eighth in the Heisman Trophy voting is just truly unbelievable. And when I thought about Luther Burden, for example, who said before the season what were his goals for the year, and he said simply, Heisman. Well, obviously, Luther had an unbelievable season for Missouri. Didn't quite get the Heisman Trophy, but I got to think he's got a big smile on his face when he saw that his teammate Cody Schrader finished in the top 10. Because not only does that reflect well on Cody Schrader, 
obviously, obviously, I should say that reflects that reflects well on the entire Missouri ball club, from the offensive line to Brady Cook to Luther Burden to Kirby Moore and Eli Drinkwitz and everybody else. And of course, the Missouri defense too, because without everybody and Harrison Mevis, because without everybody on this team, Missouri doesn't get to 10 and two as good as Schrader was this season. There's no way he's finishing top 10 in the Heisman trophy. So to me, as great as that was for Cody Schrader, to me, that's as much of a team victory as anything I've seen this season. So congratulations to Cody Schrader, the Missouri offensive line, Brandon Jones, the offensive line coach. Uh, again, I just think everybody deserves a little bit of credit on this fabulous accomplishment for Cody Schrader that he's going to remember for the rest of his young life. And so with all that being said, thanks for joining me once again on your young lives, using a piece of your day on me. I appreciate you making this show your first listen every day. And until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.